All right, everybody, relax. It sounds like we avoided major deflating injury news with Philip Gustafson in a pretty dominant win for the Minnesota Wild. We'll recap the game, talk about what's to come here the rest of the week, and look ahead to what should be a pivotal 2023 stretch for the Minnesota Wild today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Lockdown Wild on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, Alex McLeddy joins us for his weekly appearance as we recap a dominant win for the Wild against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll talk about the continued just insane run that Philip Gustafson is on. We'll look ahead to the weekend. We'll take a look at some big things that need to happen for the Wild in 2023, and we'll talk about some injuries that could shake things up in the Central Division. My name is Seth Topal. As always, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. And uh, before we bring on our guest, Alex McLeddy, just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Joined on a victory McLeddy Thursday by Alex McLeddy here on Lockdown Wild. And uh, Alex, it's been a crazy chaotic week with snow, with games, the holidays, the new year. And so uh, a Thursday appearance here this week, but it comes on the heels of maybe the most impressive win of the season for the Minnesota Wild. I understand the Tampa Bay Lightning were playing on the second night of a back-to-back and that you didn't see Andre Vasilevsky, but I don't know if that would have mattered with how the Wild looked and how they played against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I mean, uh, the grief line was really going tonight, and that, that they, they always set a tone, um, and it was physical first period, and um, you know, they kind of wore down Tampa. Um, so it's a, it's a, you know, it's a huge win regardless. Cause that's, that's one of the best teams in the NHL. Um, so they took advantage of Vassie being sick and, uh, Elliot being an older tired goalie. Um, and, uh, you know, I love John Cooper, but an 11, seven, just, it just never seems to work no matter how good your team is. Um, you know, they got a too many men penalty too. Um, so it just, you know, rotations are all, you know, messed up and you know, always have a forward that's going to be double shifting and, you know, it just, it's chaos. I, 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 I've never thought it was, you know, <laughs> a good strategy and clearly it did not work out for Tampa. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because we, we've seen it enough times, I think three to be exact, <laughs> that we are just completely over it. To the point that then it flipped when it was discovered that that's what Tampa Bay was going to do. And we're like, great decision. Good, good idea. We, we love to see it. And yeah, you hit it right on the head. It just it creates chaos. And it's especially problematic, I think, when the Wild looked like they did, where all four lines were able to do really good things out there. 
You have the Kaprizov line looking maybe the best that they have all season. The Grief line, as you mentioned, uh, doing a good job of shutting down one of the uh, the two main scoring lines for the Lightning. And actually, even, I, I believe they had shifts against both of those top lines because mm-hmm. they were doing so good that they were able to you know, neutralize both of those lines. And it just it led to a lot of confusion from the, the Lightning. They did make a couple of pushes, but this is just, I, I think, the blueprint of how this team needs to win games is, is getting contributions from all four lines, mm-hmm. but playing smart hockey too. We saw a couple of penalties on the wild here tonight, but for the most part, they kept it clean, which kept that Tampa Bay power play uh, relatively quiet and forced them into five on five, or in this case, 12 on 11 or 12 on 11 and seven. Yeah. I mean, some of their big names were extremely quiet. I mean, Kucherov didn't do much. Stamkos, uh, Nothing. Alex Klorn, really nothing. I mean, Braden Point was, you know, just Braden Point, but he's been doing that to everybody this season. I think he's on a revenge tour after missing the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Um, so, um, yeah, they did They did a phenomenal job. And, uh, you know, like you said, when this team gets all four lines going, um, you know, they can be one of the best teams in the league. Um, so, you know, they just got to keep it, keep it rolling. What, they're 9-2 and two in their last 11 games. So, um, you know, and they're beating some – really high quality opponents. So um, yeah, they're going to be right in the chase uh, for top three in, in, in the central for sure. Philip Gustafson gets the win. Let me hit you with some numbers. Philip Gustafson in his last 12 starts, nine, two and one. He has allowed two or fewer goals in nine of those 12 starts. And it was a little unnerving and concerning late in the game because he did end up leaving in kind of a frenzy to where you were the Wilders scrambling to get Marc-Andre Fleury out on the ice. The team had no idea what the heck was going on. <laughs> Ask Dean, and I, I think this is one of the things I like most about Dean Evison is he just, he he tells it out, he tells it as it is. Like there's no subterfuge or any like trying to kind of lead us on. Direct quote, <laughs> Direct quote from Dean. Gustafson left the ice and went and puked his guts out. And you see that tweet from Joe Smith, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. You're flying off the ice. Nobody knows what the heck's going on. Because uh, obviously, like Vasilevsky had to deal with, I don't know if it was the same thing, but obviously he was ill enough to where he didn't play. Gustafson gutted it through, but it just just came down to those last couple minutes and you know when when you gotta go you gotta go <laughs> i mean yeah i mean NHL locker rooms it's they're like daycares you know um uh you know germs are spreading all over the place and um you know yeah like you said vasilevsky um was was out sick um and so you know, it was the, I, I tweeted out, it was the Philip Gustafson flu game. So, um, yeah, impressive, uh, you know, 34 save uh, against an offense like Tampa's. Um, that's always coming at you. Um, yeah, it was, it was a huge, huge win for this team. And, uh, you know, they're it's nice to see them winning at home, too, uh, in front of the Wild fans. Um, you know, they pay a ton of money <laughs> to go to the Excel um, and so, yeah, he, he put on a good show tonight for sure. And, and as I had alluded to 
um, with the tweet early on in the game. It just it seems like he in this win it little run that he's on, he's tracking the puck fantastically well. And you have maybe the quickest power play in the NHL in the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, they're right up there. It it's hard to track that metric, but they're right up there. You saw the goal from Braden Point, and it was a bang bang play. And if Gustafson is a split second earlier in reacting to the goal, he maybe gets the save. But that's just how Tampa Bay does it, is they, they get those, those precision pinpoint passes. And so even with the one power play goal allowed, I thought he did a fantastic job of reacting and tracking those passes to prevent the Lightning from adding maybe one or two more goals to their tally. Yeah, the thing that comes to mind with watching him uh, is he's just a calming presence. Um, you know, he's kind of the opposite of Mark Andre Fleury, who is you know that athletic goalie that's all you know um, all over the place. Uh, Gustafson's really calm in that there, um, and it seems to work for him. Uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, unknowns about the guy, and uh, you know, coming from a team from Ottawa, you know, not as you know, their defense isn't as great, and Cam Talbot's finding that out uh, this season. Um, but he's really stepped up, uh, uh, you know, after a, a tough start. And, uh, um, yeah, he's he's such an important part of this team because, you know, like we talked off air, um, you know, it, it keeps uh, Marc-Andre Fleury fresh when you don't have to overuse a guy like him. Um, you know, he's getting up there in age, and Gustafson's the young guy. And so he's picking up some huge wins for this team, and, Hopefully, with the way he plays, um, you know, it, it can help, uh, you know, because they'll probably use Mark Andre in the playoffs if, if the Wild get there. But, you know, you know, if if Mark does if Mark Andre does struggle, you know, you have Gustafson, you know, a capable guy that's been, you know, playing really well in the regular season for when, you know, when when you get in the dance. So it's it's just huge. Yeah, it's it's a great problem to have. And it is just it's something that we just we have not seen from this team. I mean, Capo Kakinen had that run where he, uh, you know, as a rookie, had that really solid season where I think he was sixteen and eight or something like that. But for as good of a stretch as that was for Kakinen, this feels like a way more dominant stretch for Gustafson than even that was. So. I don't know where this leads because there's still a lot of season left, mm-hmm. and goalies go through those runs. They're like they're like field goal kickers. <laughs> exactly. But at this point, you, you have to feel just fantastic for everything we've seen from Gustafson. So we hope we hope it continues. And you know, not to not to bury the lead because obviously people tuning in, you know, want to know what the heck happened. It appears as though. No major injury of any sort, just an illness for Gustafson that uh, that caused him to leave the ice uh, against the Lightning. So hopefully that's the case because there are a couple of tricky games coming up here this weekend, uh, including one of the hottest scorers in the NHL of anybody coming up. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that plus uh, what is ahead for the uh, the rest of the month, the rest of 2023. All that and more as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for sports betting info plus stats, news, and analysis. 
You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to the college football championship game to the NBA to the NHL, they've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day as we move further into 2023. Make sure that for your second listen, you check out Locked on NHL Prospects your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft, plus NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. Locked on NHL uh, Prospects is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Taking a look ahead to the weekend with Alex Micheletti here on today's episode of Locked on Wilds, Buffalo Sabres. And uh, Buffalo has been... The it's been a focal point in sports news here throughout this week. Uh, of course, the uh, just frightening situation that unfolded uh, in the Monday night football game between the Buffalo Bills and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously still waiting word to, uh, to see what is going on, of course, with DeMar Hamlin. And, you know, before we talk about the Sabres game, this is a perfect opportunity, I think, since we're going to kind of intersect with Buffalo sports, to just talk about something, I think, that gets lost in the shuffle some of the time. You know, obviously, we as fans enjoy watching these games and seeing the athletes throw 100% of what they have out there on the ice. But obviously... There's still people, there's still human beings out there. And so, you know, we, I think as fans, it's great to, to want to see athletes go full out to uh, make a play, you know, throw a big hit, put their body on the line. But it's just, it was just such a frightening situation to see unfold because for as much physicality as we see in sports, we don't see those types of things happen often, and I think it just further sells the point that you know these athletes are, are putting a lot on the line out there on a nightly basis to uh, compete in any level of sport. Yeah, um, I'm sure it was just like uh, you had the same thoughts that um, that I did. Um, I had never seen anything like that in sports, really. Uh, I mean, there was a a soccer player, you know, a few years ago, Christian Erickson, who, who collapsed. But, uh, um, when, when Hamlin got hit like that, um, it was just so scary. And, uh, for them, you know, I tweeted this out too. the, you know, EMTs are heroes. They, they rushed out there right away and they had to restart his heart twice. I think it was. And, um, Jeez. you know, just the fact that they are able to keep him alive is, you know, the fact that he almost died on the field, you know, that's, that's something that's, we just have to keep in perspective too. It's just, it, it was so scary and I'm glad that he's starting to get better. Um, you know, it's still a long ways to go, but, um, yeah, very, very scary, uh, scary situation. And, um, you know, the, 
the coaches, uh, you know, uh, McDermott and Taylor, they made the right decision to just, you know, stop that game. You know, they, it would have made no sense to keep playing, like yeah. you said, and keep things in perspective and, and very scary um, situation for sure. The, the only one I can really think of that has come close this season was the Evander Kane getting his but but again that's that's a play in which you know he's getting he gets his his wrists skated over by a skate he didn't lose consciousness he they were able to get a towel on it and he obviously ran off the ice in a hurry so you knew something was wrong in that situation but he was able to get up and and leave the ice himself Mm-hmm. So you knew, okay, this is this is dire. This is not a great situation. But when a player loses consciousness in that manner to where CPR is being involved, there really is no, no way to know how that is going to play out, which I think underscores just how frightening that situation was. You know, it, those types of injuries where players lose consciousness – I think are the ones that we hold our breath about the the most because you don't get any sort of of signal from the player that something that, that it is hey I'm this is a bad injury but I'm okay you you don't get that and so you just you don't know yeah I mean and you know your team your teammates uh, these uh, these guys uh, they become family to these guys basically because you're with them more than your family a lot of times with how long these these seasons are and you know traveling on on planes and, and buses together um, you know so um, you could see the emotions and in, 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 uh, his teammates faces Josh Allen looked so you know, sad and, and, and Stefan Diggs and, you know, Burrow looked just completely shook too. And so, yeah, it's, it's very, very scary. And, um, you know, um, you know, there's shout out to, to all the healthcare workers that, you know, the, you know, you know, they are everyday heroes um, and they're keeping, uh, you know, Hamlin alive right now. And uh, yeah, just, you know, it put, really puts things in perspective that, you know, life, life is bigger than sports. Uh, you know, you can get, you know, really, really upset about losses, but you know, these guys are human for sure. Yeah. And it's, it, we, we see some of these life is bigger than sports moments in these situations. And uh, I know in talking to Kevin Gorg in the postcast after last night's game, he mentioned the game that Tage Thompson had after this all happened for the Sabres in which he had a hat trick, three goals, his third hat trick of the season, his game-winning goal came three minutes into overtime. And so all this significance with the number three, that is DeMar Hamlin's number, number three for the Bills. And so I this happened... um, this has happened a couple of times in baseball. I think back to when when Tyler Skaggs passed away and all the significance with his number that happened in that next game. It just it does feel like there are are other forces at work sometimes. And I, I this will be I think the first home game for Buffalo since for the Sabers, and so I'm sure there will be some cosmic energy in the building for that game. But um, 
I I have no doubt that the uh, the home fans will fill it up, and I'm sure it will be an emotional one um, cool. on Saturday. Yeah, hundred percent. The the same family that owns the Bills owns the Sabers, the Pagula family. So, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll have you know you know huge um, um, you know uh, pouring respect for for Hamlin and um, you know a tribute probably. And uh, you know, you saw the um, the team wore um, shirts with the number three on it. Uh, you know, before that game, um, before Thompson had his hat trick. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a lot of emotions in, in that building for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, the Wild will just have to handle it. And uh, um, like you said, it'll probably be full and, and loud. Um, um, you know, trying to um, so sh- show support that community's been through a lot too with yeah um, with the blizzards and the passing of the forty plus people. It's uh, yeah, it's very very um, tough times in, in Buffalo as a, a community right now. Yeah, most definitely. Um, the Wild will follow that up with another game against the St. Louis Blues. Blues have sustained a couple of big injuries here recently. Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko. But they're still the Blues. This is a team that the Wild are very familiar with over the last few years. Jordan Bennington is as Jekyll and Hyde as any goalie could possibly be. And so for as much success as the Wild had in that 5-2 to two win against St. Louis on New Year's Eve. Do not tread lightly because St. Louis is still dangerous no matter how much the Wild may be uh, better in the health category uh, than the Blues are right now. Yeah, I mean, they look, they just... They just played Toronto really tough. Um, yeah, they scored a lot of goals against Toronto. So, um, you know, they they can be still a, a sneaky, dangerous team. They're physical. Uh, you know, uh, Barubi always has this team's, you know, being very physical out there. So I'm sure Ryan Reeves will have a presence <laughs> against his uh, one of his former teams uh, again. Um, and you never know what uh, Jordan Bennington too. He goes on those stretches where he looks all world. And then, um, you know, he has a stretch where he just has meltdown games and, uh, you know, throws temper tantrums and does, you know, idiotic you know, things that even his coach gets, uh, gets upset about and says, just stick, stick to playing the game, you know? Um, and so, you know, if the wild can just rattle this team, it, it'd be huge. And, uh, you know, it's another central division opponent where they have to, you know, keep, you know, you know, creating distance against. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, um, you know, just like this past uh, game, they were able to get a couple goals and then, you know, kind of, you know, St. Louis kind of fell apart there. So hopefully it's a, it's a repeat uh, again. Uh, Bennington is, I was curious, and so I decided to look it up. Bennington is 8-5-1 and one on the road this year with a 3.33 goals against average and an 893 save percentage. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's brutal. Like, like, like we talked about with St. Louis too. Um, I just think the loss of, uh, um, you know, David Perron was, was so huge to this, uh, to mm-hmm. that St. Louis blues team, a, a veteran presence that um, you could always rely on for scoring because, you know, with Ryan O'Reilly, um, he isn't really known as a, you know uh, an elite scorer. Um, you know Tarasenko, yes, but but not O'Reilly. And uh, um, you know losing a guy like Perron, they really never replaced him. Um, and so that that's tough. Uh, 
and they're relying a whole lot on uh, Jordan Cairo to score. Um, and that that's tough uh, for, for a young guy like that. Um, and they're going to need more from guys like Braden Shen to step up and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if he can, you know, can do it. It'll, it'll be interesting to see because you've got those injuries. You've got Winnipeg who just is kind of overall injured at this point. Everybody. <laughs> you've got Rupe Hintz who went down in the, uh, the shutout loss to the Anaheim Ducks last night. So we're going to talk about all of that. I want to talk about face-offs as well because um, I am just going to lay my takedown on the face-off situation because the Wilds got uh, got throttled pretty good in the face-off circle again despite the win. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Central Division injuries. And who is going to sit when Brandon Duhame returns? We'll talk about all that as we finish up today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? You've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. A little healthier this year. If you, like me, want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then have we got the thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, these are so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yeah, you heard me right. 100% real chocolate. They come in some unbelievable flavors too, like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. So if you are craving a snack that'll make you feel good about eating it, head to Built.com right now, and you can find some great flavors that will help you get your new year started right. Uh, You can find them at Sam's Club. You can find them at your nearest Walmart. So don't delay. Go get yourself a box of delicious Built Bars today. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen as we head into 2023. Finishing up today's episode with Alex McLeddy. And Alex, let's talk about face-offs to start because uh, I know the Wilds got throttled pretty good in the face-off circle um, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It seems like... As long as the Wild are able to keep the face-offs somewhere around 50%, they're usually okay. And I I understand face-off percentage as a stat really glares in some of these big losses for the Wild. But beyond that, I just... I, I don't know how I feel about, uh, about the face-off percentage debate. Uh, could it be better for the Wild? Yes, but they clearly have found ways to win without it, uh, both this year and the f- previous few years. Yeah, they're winning in spite of it. Um, you know, obviously the Achilles heel uh, for this wild team is still not having a number one center. Um, and, you know, they're probably still not going to have that for a couple more years just because of the buyouts. Um, and so they're finding ways to win. You know, we, uh, I, I keep bringing it up, you know, hashtag find a way. Uh, and they're, they're doing that. Um, you know, you saw last night, um, 
you know, Tampa's got some amazing centers. Um, you know, Braden points one, one of the best centers in the league. Anthony Sorelli is one of the best two way you know, centers in the game. Uh, he's just like Eck, um, and, you know, plays, you know, a full, uh, he play he plays a full ice. Um, and, you know, Nick Paul's very underrated too. And so it's, it's tough. Uh, you know, um, you know, maybe in, in the playoffs, it, you know, it, it, it's a bigger deal. Um, we've seen it happen to the wild, especially against the blues. They, um, their centers just dominated the wild and, you know, this past playoff, but for right now they're, you know, at least in the regular season, you know, it's, it's still not causing issues, but you know, postseason's a different, different animal and we'll see if they can, you know, maybe try to find another depth center um, at the deadline. But yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too, is that we don't have Ryan Hartman as a center right now. So right. he, in his numbers were all right in the face off circle last year, but I feel like he was one of the better ones on the team. So obviously you're going to take a hit in that category with him on the wing for now. And maybe there are designs to get him back to uh, a center before all is said and done here the rest of the season. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I know it becomes a pattern in the games where the Wilds kind of get blown out as you look, and it's like, yeah, they got crushed in the faceoff circle. But I just, yeah, like you said, I don't know what to do about it beyond There's getting... There's nothing you can really change yeah. unless, you know, unless you get different personnel, and that really isn't going to happen. You know, they could maybe get, a, like I said, a rental depth center, but, you know, the buyouts are still hindering this team, you know, to get that, you know, use that money for, uh, you know, uh, you know, top, top center for sure. Yeah. Um, and speaking of personnel, uh, the wilds are getting close enough to where Kevin Gorg thought that Brandon Duhame could potentially play this weekend and finally get back into the lineup. It's a tricky situation for this wild team because mm -hmm. this, this lineup has been clicking very well since Ryan Reeves came in since Thanksgiving. Y you pick the date, and it seems like outside of the first uh, first few games of the year, it seems like this team has been playing really well. But obviously, Duhame brings some really good things to this team. And before he went down with injury, I think he was playing some of his best hockey of his career. So he is somebody that's going to play a role on this team. And so I truly don't know who comes out of the lineup, but I think it's just going to present a fantastic opportunity for the Wild, especially when you hear things like Jewel Erickson Eck playing through an injury. Brandon Duhame is going to be able to get into the lineup with guys who tends to get dinged up. He's going to be able to get into the lineup enough to where if Marcus Foligno gets banged up in a game and you want to give him an extra day, you have the luxury to do that. Yeah, I mean, that grief line, is, they play heavy minutes and they've all been banged up. Um, so, um, and we've seen that Duham can join that line too and have it, you know, continue to roll. Um, you know, that, that fourth line, uh, it can be interchangeable too. Those guys can... Uh, you know, they can get their rest games, uh, you know, you know, they can, you know, Duhame could go in for Shaw, you know, same thing, you know, Shaw could go in for Reeves. So I, I'm sure it'll be a rotation, um, you know, keep guys fresh and keep them playing too. Yeah. You don't want guys just sitting weeks um, in, in the, um, in the press box. So, um, you know, pre presents a good, uh, a good challenge for Dean and the coaching staff. Um, 
but they but they know everybody can play. You know, there's not a guy that you're afraid to to you know to join the lineup. Um, and so that shows the you know the hashtag depth for the for the wild. And uh, uh, yeah, it's good to see for sure. Yeah, and they do have they've got versatility too because. There'd never be a situation where you'd want to see Jewel Eriksonek come out of the lineup, but if he were to get to a point where he was not able to go, in that instance, you can maybe have Hartman center Jewel Eriksonek and Jordan Greenway to bring a little bit of that same dimension to that line, and then you put Connor Dewar on that line with Matt Boldy and Freddie Goudreau, and then you put Brandon Duhame into the lineup with Mason Shaw and Ryan Reeves, or you sub Felino, or if Ryan Hartman needs a day off, you can. They just they've got the depth, they've got the versatility now to be able to make some of those lineup changes and getting fully healthy at the right time of the season. Because as we alluded to, um to the point that it got brought up in the postcast last night, and I'm bringing it up again here today. Rupe Hintz left the Dallas Stars game against Anaheim with an injury. No idea as to the severity. It did not look good. So you've got that. You've got the Colorado Avalanche still waiting for the return of Gabriel Landeskog. You've got the Winnipeg Jets who have a ton of players on their roster that are injured. Mike Wheeler. And now you have the Minnesota Wild at full capacity heading into what is going to be the toughest month of the season for them with a real opportunity to make some noise and to climb higher in the division to catch those teams in front of them with games in hand and with those teams now having to go through stretches of playing shorthanded. Yeah, it, uh, it's a it's a roller coaster season. Um, you're not going to be 100 percent healthy all, all year, um, and you're going to face some adversity. Like I mean, look at Colorado; they've they've had all their guys, their big guns out, um, except for Rantanen, um, and uh, they they're they're fighting through it. Um, but that's what good teams do. Um, they, you know, they they battle adversity. Um, they take advantage of you know, just like the wild did tonight of a team on a back to back on the back end of it and, and dominate, you know, and that's what you got to do in this league. Um, when you get opportunities like that handed to you, you have to take advantage because no one's going to feel sorry for you um, either way. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a brutal league uh, and it's, uh, you know, wins, wins, losses that, you know, it costs, costs people jobs. Um, and so um, it, it's, uh, you know, it's a doggy dog world for sure. Um, and the wild are, um, you know, they're on a good roll here and hopefully they can continue it. Um, and, you know, having a lineup like they do, um, it might not be the best in the league, but uh, they have the depth of where guys can, can fill in spots when, when needed. And uh yeah, we'll see, you know, like, like you mentioned with Dallas, um, you know, if they can, if they can <laughs> overcome losing their top center, um, cause he hints is, is, you know, one of the best centers in, in the game for sure. And if you look at how things are playing out in the central division, here are the last 10 for everybody else. Dallas is six, three and one. They've lost two in a row. Winnipeg is six and four in their last 10. They've won three in a row. Colorado 5-4-1, they've lost four in a row. St. Louis is 6-2-2, two two. they've won a, one game in a row. Nashville 4-3-3, three three. 
They've won one in a row, and then the other two, Arizona, four, five, and one. <laughs> They've lost two in a row, and Chicago's one and nine in their last ten. The Bedard, the, Bar- oh. the Bedard tank is on. But you're starting to finally see a little separation between the Wild and four through eight. And so if they can continue to keep that going, chef's kiss <laughs> heading into the month of January. So we'll leave you with that. Again, doesn't seem like anything to worry about with Philip Gustafson, so we'll hope that that rings true. If we do have any updates, of course, nobody better to keep you up to date than Lockdown Wild. So make sure you follow on YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms as we keep you up to date pregame and postgame and all week long with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.